Have you ever felt lost in the puzzle of understanding how our little ones express themselves? And today we are joined by Sherry Darden. She's diving into the secrets of our kids' communication. From decoding body language to figuring out if they're task-oriented or people-focused, we're unraveling it all. Parenting is a language adventure, and together we're decoding the kid code because parenting is a wild language adventure. I'm glad you're here today. You will surely benefit from this. Does your child have a speech-language delay and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist and you wonder, what do they do and how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech-language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades. And in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language, or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy? Stay tuned, because in this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice, and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. Before we get started, I want to remind you that you will find resources in the show notes. One of those resources is 21 Days of Encouragement, and that is a place where you can click to get an email for just 21 days, and each of those emails are very, very short. It gives you a thought to think about and a question to ponder that is related to it and how you can apply that information to your parenting at home. See, in brain science, when we learn something frequently in short little bits, It'll stick easier. So that's what I'm trying to help you do, too. There are several fun speaking events that I will be participating in in the near future. The first one is this week. It is called Real Divorce Talks. If you or someone you know is struggling through divorce, this is something that you can go to to get some support for free. My role will be to talk about kids and divorce. And looking ahead, March 8th is International Women's Day, and I will be speaking on the Voices of Women Summit, and that also is free to sign up. So that link will also be in the show notes. On March 6th, I will be a featured podcaster on Potapalooza, which is an event where you can learn about podcasting, business, and how to be a guest speaker. So if that is curious to you, I do have one free ticket that I am allowed to give away for that one. That is not free to sign up, 
but I do have a free ticket. So you can hello you can email me at hello at the language of and I would be delighted to give that free ticket away. I am always cheering you on in this parenting journey. And if you find help from this podcast, I'll ask you to leave a review and to share the episodes that you find encouraging with others that you think might also find those episodes encouraging. All right, let's get into the message from Sherry Darden. Hello, Language of Play family. Today we have a guest, Sherry Darden, with us. You are going to love listening to her today as this is a delightful woman. Sherry, thank you so much for being here today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I can. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. And I know that my title kind of stuck with you, but I'm just so excited to talk to you about this topic. And so, listen, I am a reformed accountant turned HR person, so I'm all things people. And my sweet spot (laughs) is communication. Because often what we say is not necessarily what the other person hears. So I'm really big on communication. So I work with industry leaders down to the individual mom and their child, making sure that what you say gets heard and understood. So I'm really happy to be here with you today. Yep. Listeners, that is why I had her come on. She has a talk with that title. And of course, all of us are working on getting our kids to listen better, right? And so, Sherry, just take it away and teach us from, even though you are working with adults most of the time, the parts, you've raised kids, so the parts that are the same, just go ahead. Coming as a second generation educator, it's really all about, my mom was really big on enunciating your words to make sure that you're understood in that way. And that was great, but there are so many other levels. And so... My two signature talks are, are you listening? And what you said is not what I heard, which really gets back to listening. And so what most do not realize, or if we've been told we forget, and just think about a big pie, only 5%, which only means a little sliver of that pie of what is received from that receiver is actual words. Everything else is tone and body language. So many times, I always say that many times we act like the American tourist. <laughs> so when I went to Italy, you know, you think about it, you go to a foreign, la- go to a foreign land and, and they're doing a, a different language and you're asking in English and they kind of give you that perplexed look. And what do we do? We speak lower and louder and they're <laughs> sitting there going, okay, that crazy American, because I still don't understand. So we have to make sure that we have a combination of things. That sounds like what we do with our kids sometimes too. speak slower and louder or just say the same thing again. And they're still deer in the headlights. And we get frustrated. And it's because what we're saying is not what they're hearing and how they're receiving it. And so there's a Batman movie. There's like 9000 of them, but there's a Batman movie (laughs) and they aren't able to wear makeup and they've got this facial paralysis. And one of the facial paralysis was they were reporting the news and it was like a 10 car pileup and 9,000 people died and all that good stuff. And they're smiling, news at 11. And people have that look on their face because what you're saying is something serious and grave, but your body language is saying something else. So when we're talking to our children, and let me just say, even as adults, we just carry our old childhood missteps with us. So they really don't change unless we identify it. 
So again, when we're thinking about that pie, when we're thinking about dual language, you know, as well, we have to think about those things. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And I want to highlight that again. You said we carry forward our childhood missteps into adulthood, and then we're raising our children with those. So I just wanted to highlight that and let you expand on that. No, it is so true. And that's really part of emotional intelligence. I really don't like to say emotional intelligence because it's a trigger thinking about communication. When we think about intelligence, our knee-jerk reaction, not a response, a reaction is, I'm intelligent. I'm not an ignorant person. But it's how we have been taught to deal with conflicts, how we've been taught to deal with communication. I came from a family that, you know, you just kind of shut down and you don't talk about it. And then things turn into passive aggressive. And then we teach our children the same thing. So when our children (laughs) don't do what we want, our language is to get stern. It's kind of like my cat. I have two cats. And when they're mad at me, they come right in front of me and turn their back. (laughs) It's it's kind of a language. And that's a language. That is a language. And so when we think about what you said is not what I heard, regardless of the challenge that they have, whether it's autism or speech delay, those We all speak differently. And this is part of diversity when we think about communication. So we have people who are either task-oriented or task-focused or people-focused. So even if you have a child that's not able to speak to you and articulate what they're feeling, they are still receiving the information the same way. So if you have a child who is more task driven, and sometimes with autism, it's it's not necessarily about the feelings or or sometimes the, the process of, of feelings is a little different. Well, as adults, we're the same way. Think about your CEOs and people that just say to you, bottom line, big picture, <laughs> get to the point. And then you are the person that likes to go on and on and you're talking about the weather and what happened on Housewives yesterday and all that good stuff. They have tuned out because that's not a level that they want to receive information. So then we deem them as, well, they just don't get it. Well, they get it. They're just not receiving it in the way that you're doing it. So you really want to look at your child and see how they respond. Are they responding to you saying how you're feeling versus I need you to pick things up? Listen, listen by how they are responding to it. So if it's not people focused, you want to turn around and look at the task focused of it. Yeah, Yeah. that's an interesting way to present it. Oftentimes I'm dealing with littler kids, but I really see what you're talking about with a little bit older children, you know, where you can see that they're focused on their task and others are focused on people. When you've got the littler ones, let's say you're zero to fives, and they are usually more focused on people. So we think that's true, but they might be this other task-oriented kiddo but they're not also because they haven't differentiated or how would you say that? Well, even at the smallest of levels, just even talking about my sister's children, even talking to them before they were able to verbalize back, I could see how they were processing things. And so I have a nephew and and what motivated him, what he could process earlier was we were talking about money. He wanted to go to McDonald's and we would say, well, we don't have any money. Well, we had told him previously that he had money because we had bought him stuff. So he could process that a little better than when you're saying, well, mommy's tired or I don't feel like it. That didn't resonate with him because he's thinking McDonald's equals money, the exchange of money for my burger. So that's how you can relate to me. So we would have to say to him, well, the bank is closed. We'll have to wait until the bank is opened. 
<laughs> I so love even, it. So even just the little things of that, you know, even though he doesn't have any challenges, it's still being able to, we were able to listen. And what I mean by listen isn't necessarily what he's saying, but his reaction. How is he processing it? How is he responding to it? So okay. for us, we had to work with him more task driven than people driven. So it sounds to me like you were listening to the things that he was not saying so that you could read his body and his body looked a little confused. And then you use the language of play, which is enter his imagination, use some creativity, talk to him in a way he's going to understand in his the understanding and life experience he's had so far. You use yes. what he knows and then yes. you get somewhere where in your communication. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about it on the adult end, but I've even done it with children because I work with childcare organizations and just to kind of learn about, you know, who they are and, and how they're focused and how they're motivated. We talk about things like vacation or a menu, menu at your favorite restaurant, draw your favorite restaurant. And for adults, we say, draw your favorite flyer for the ultimate vacation. And based on how it is, so is it just black and white where you're just jotting down it's fun, it's Disney, it's California, that kind of thing. Black and white bullet points, that kid is task-driven. So telling mommy, saying mommy's disappointed in you doesn't resonate. You want to focus on tasks need to be done. And if that is done, then here is a reward system. Sure. Or the type of reward system. And if you look at the menu or whatever it is, and normally whatever you ask them to draw, it basically is how many colors, how many crayons, you know, how creative is it? When you ask them now, if they're talking age, if you ask them to describe, how verbose are they? Again, if they're quick, short to the bullet point, again, they're more task driven. You know, here's the objective versus destination versus journey. So how are they talking to you? Are they talking about getting to McDonald's or are they talking about Passing, and I know it's they're coming back because we have a couple here in Dallas. Kids are Toys R Us. Toys R Us is making a comeback. So is there, you know, we're going to pass the Toys R Us and then we're going to pass this and we're going to pass and then we'll get to McDonald's. So normally how they are able to express, what are they expressing? Are they expressing feelings? Are they expressing things? And based on that, that's how you talk to them. This is where we have to not think about who we are and how we like to get our point across. So when we teach our children the golden rule, which is treat people the way you want to be treated, we kind of set them up for failure. <laughs> and then we, we fail as adults. We want to do the platinum. Think about the platinum rule. Treat people or communicate with people the way they want to be treated or communicated with. So that's the platinum rule versus the golden rule. And when you have fun with that, so if you're having children where either they are not of speaking age or maybe there's a speech delay, ask them, draw me a picture of and think about whatever the task and that kind of thing. What does it look like? If it's real abstract and real minimalist, then you want to maybe approach them on the task versus the whole feelings and experiential type of thing. So those are just some ways to kind of look at the different ends of spectrum of age. That's pretty neat. I think that what you're looking at is like exposing some of the psychology that is embedded in that child. And we're dividing these kiddos into two categories. And of course, parents, no kid is going to be exclusively in one category. And so you're going to have some of each side and you're going to have to play with it. Like Sherry had said, you practice and you play and you have fun with it. And then you'll find where, think of it like a spectrum, you know, somewhere along that line where your kiddos are. But I do like how you're saying, too, to 
to connect with them the way they're showing themselves able to connect. You're going to communicate with them the way they show themselves able to communicate. I've heard this drawing thing for years and years, and I've got lots of experience doing the drawing thing at work where when kiddos are having trouble, give them blank paper, a pile of crayons or markers, pencils, whatever, and say, draw how you feel. And for kids so often, what you're saying is just like so amazing because kids can draw how they feel. Adults, we start thinking more concrete about it. You can't draw a feeling, but kids will draw the monster or the soft blanket, or they will draw what they feel. And so it is a fantastic tool to use, especially when we get puzzled. And what we normally do, because we have been taught to have a positive reinforcement to our children is we just go, oh, that's just beautiful. That's wonderful. This is where the listening comes in. However, you can articulate uh, with them. What made you draw that? And not in a, not in a, not in a tone that is critical. Yes. Right. I was trying to, yeah, trying I know to, what you're I'm trying to make a child version of, of that, what I would, versus what I would say to adults. But yeah, so this is really interesting. So what made you draw that? Or what were you thinking? Or what were you feeling? Because if you say, what were you feeling, which is that, person oriented mm-hmm. during that and they go well, I wasn't feeling anything I was just envisioning a truck well then that means they're task driven and not necessarily but if the feelings so how we form our words and have that conversation are you listening to make sure what you said is what I'm actually hearing paraphrasing we talk about that with adults we should do that with children because just like adults, children, what may come out, you know, we have what's in here. <laughs> I know for me, when I have what's in here and it comes out here, it doesn't quite sound the same as when it did in here. <laughs> okay. So yeah. since we're on a podcast and I get to see Sherry, she's pointing to her head and she's pointing oh, out her mouth. She's saying when she, what comes into your ears. In my head. Yes. My head. Her head comes out her mouth, might not match. Mm-hmm. What was originally what you thought in your head. And we've all been that way where we're like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean that. Because when we finally hear ourselves. So sometimes there's a little glitch <laughs> for everyone when we process, when our brain processes what we want to say versus what we hear and want to say, because we've sometimes been taught how to talk. Oh yeah. And sometimes our kids have been taught how to talk. So sometimes we may have to do a little bit of revision because sometimes I hear my mother coming out of my head. And I'm like, no, that's not what I meant. That was my mother talking, but what Sherry wants to say. And sometimes we have a chance to edit or add on and add footnotes, if you will, of that. And so I think that's one of the things that we want to do with children, however we can uh, process with that. And I do know that like my sister's mother-in-law had a childcare probably for about 20 years. And one of the things that she taught all the children before they could talk was sign language, because they're able to, when we talk about listening and talking, better with their hands. And so even though she didn't, you know, this is more and I'm I'm doing the sign language of more, she would do this, which was different. But we were able to say, you want to say something. So let's talk about what it is. And what she wanted was more pancakes, my niece. I was like, what is she doing and learning sign language? So we think about different languages within the household, whether it be English, Spanish, Mandarin, sign language, they're still conveying a message. And what is it? Is it more task-driven? Is it more people-centric? Could it be that you're more people-centric in certain things and more task-driven? So it's not just a 
either or all the time. And again, this is where we begin to listen to our children and hear what they have to say and then paraphrase it back to them so that you're receiving it right. And what they said is what they meant. Because we've said, kids, well, you told me two minutes ago that you wanted something else and now you want something else. Well, sometimes we need to go back and paraphrase because that breaks, that gets rid of the frustration Mm -hmm. and then it helps the child not to shut down and not express themselves in the near future. Yes, you're absolutely right. And this works with young children and it especially works with those middle grades on through, well, till you're 110. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you know, we just, how, we just lost Norman Lear at 101. So it would, it would just, it would be the same for him. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yes, you were talking yes. about some of these questions that would help our younger kids explain, like, for example, the feeling that they draw. And one of the expressions I want to bring up is the tell me more, because then we aren't actually asking a question for kids to process. Cause if you have younger, younger children, you know, if we're talking zero to five, Sometimes the questions can be confusing. Older than that, sometimes kids feel attacked with the question. And that's not all kids. It's not all times. And right. It depends on parenting. Right. But one phrase that I have found that seems to be able to cut through all the mud is tell me more. And then they tell you a little bit. You say, tell me more. And what else? Do you have any more to say? And that way, there isn't any leading in our questions, which sometimes can be helpful too. As just one more tool, you've got some fantastic ones here. And this is just kind of a tweak on that one. Yeah. Let me elaborate and reemphasize what you said about the tell me more. Yeah. Just that sentence physiologically removes judgment tone. Absolutely. Because we can be nice and we can say things nice, but our tone can be, yeah, okay. You know, because I've had people say, well, I ask if anybody has questions. How did you ask? Questions. Well, you're not really meaning (laughs) that you want more questions. It's more of a salutation or a Mm -hmm. nicety. So I really wanted to say that's a really great phrase. It's a really great phrase. Thank you. You have a lot for our listeners here on The Language of Play. This is fantastic content, and I really appreciate you being here today to share your expertise, to share your knowledge. It's not that you typically talk to parents, but it's so relevant. And so I really appreciate that you took time out of your busy life to come and be here for us today. You're so welcome. And so, you know, you talked about the ages between two and 12. And so when you get the kids that are able to articulate and write and read, have them do a disc analysis because I I do disc analysis for children and the wording and the questions are going to be a little different than they will be for adults. And again, that will let you know. And I invite families to do it. Because then you get a group report and then you get to see the dynamics of everyone and get to make sure that you do that adjustment and go, oh, I'm getting frustrated. Why am I getting frustrated? Oh, they're this or they're that. So I think that's a great tool as well, too. Yeah, the DISC assessment is a great tool. And you start to understand that oh, this is kind of the way they are. Their personality is handling the information that's coming. And this is the way I tend to come at information. And so you can find a place in there that you can communicate better. Yeah, and it's really not a personality assessment because I know people get turned off about that. It's a communication style. So again, am I task-driven? So do I speak more task-driven and more behavior? It's more behavior and communication versus personality. And so again, it really kind of helps you figure out how how to motivate someone through their communication and then how they behave. You know, because again, a D is they're going to start looking a little angry and mean when you've talked too much. 
So like, are, are you being disrespectful, Johnny? No, Johnny's a D. Johnny needs bullet points and that's all he needs uh, until he has questions of that. So that I just want to clear that up. So if anybody's turned off by it, it's really more about how, what's your communication style and how you behave with that communication. Thank but you it's, for it's a great that for me. I didn't know that. I thought it was yeah. personality. So thank you. But I had That's done the assessment <laughs> and I appreciated the learning that I got from it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you again for your time and attention. You're welcome. Hey, parents. I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children? I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about.